Welcome to the Birthwell Podcast. We are your hosts, Nadia and Laura, and we are a certified pelvic floor physiotherapist and birth coaches. This podcast celebrates you, your strength, resilience, and highlights the transformation of women on their journey through pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. We are thrilled to be your guides on all things related to women's health, childbirth, and the incredible journey of motherhood. In each episode, we'll delve into insightful conversations with experts, mothers, and thought leaders who are passionate about empowering women to make informed choices and embrace their strength. From birth stories to expert advice, we're here to inspire, inform, and create a supportive community for all mothers. So whether you're an expectant mom, a new mother, or simply curious about the journey of birth, you're in the right place. Get ready for the Birthwell Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Birthwell Podcast. Hi everyone, so happy to be back today. Ooh, your voice sounds nice. <laughs> Working on my podcast voice. <laughs> I love it. So guys, in today's episode, we'll dive into the difference between labor and pushing. We get asked about this a lot and like most people don't know the actual difference between laboring and when you're actually pushing and giving birth. So we're going to discuss all the things, just basic level. We're not going to go into too much detail, but just understanding kind of the different stages of labor and just some things to kind of keep in mind when you're going through the labor process and and pushing as well. Yeah, I think this, I know some people might be listening to this thinking like, really, we're going to have an entire episode on the difference between labor and pushing, but like labor and delivery, but it is labor and delivery for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that understanding the two different parts of labor and delivery and understanding what to expect as the two of them are different is actually quite important. And, and it can make a really big difference to just like your comfort level and being able to advocate for yourself in your birth. So we think this is really important. <laughs> We're going to yeah. dive. <laughs> so first, how was your week? How have you been? Good. Yeah, my week was pretty good. Again, like always busy. I think the same as you. I feel like 2024 rolled around and everyone was like, this is the year I'm going to fix my pelvic health. And I was like, that's awesome. I'm <laughs> I'm super happy for all of you. So Love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, it's good. It's nice to see people like taking that proactive approach. And yeah, otherwise, like doing pretty good looking forward to our little date that we have next week. I know we've talked about this a few times before for people that are listening, but Nadia and I work together. And we're our best friends, but I would say we spend like 95% of our time talking about birth. Well, so <laughs> I'm excited to get like have a date next week where we get to just be like friends. I know we made it a thing where like once a month we just go out for like lunch, dinner, whatever, and just hang out <laughs> like officially. Yeah. Even though we see and talk to each other all the time, but yeah, a lot of our mental space is birthwell. I even texted you the other day and I was like, we were talking about something totally different and I had said birthwell in the sentence and I'm like, I'm sorry, birthwell is just on my mind. So (laughs) yeah, I apologize. Yeah. I think that's definitely what dominates most of our conversations. So yeah. It'll be good. How was your week? Pretty good. Yeah. Nothing to report. Everything's been fine and dandy. Yeah. Like this is my, I guess my first Valentine's with my hubby. So that's been uh, nice. So where are you guys going or what are you doing? We're just doing like dinner at home, like, you know, the huge and just kind of, yeah, we're not going to make it like 
a big, big thing because I'm not really into like flowers and chocolates and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm not that type of gal. No, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, just like quality time, really. That is an important love language. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> So we're going to get into today's episode. So we're going to maybe start off with what is labor and maybe just kind of give you guys like the general process of childbirth and just very basic, we'll make it light and just like how we would describe it to, to some of our patients coming in. So Laura, do you want to start with that? I would love to. So labor is the first kind of like stage of going to meet your baby. I guess is how I would say. So a lot of times people think that this is kind of like the onset of contractions, labor contractions, and then it ends at pushing, like, well, delivery of the baby. I mean, technically, if you want to go like medically, it doesn't. But stage, the last stage of labor is technically like delivery of the placenta. But if we're just thinking about like separating labor and delivery for the purposes of how we teach and give people information, I would say labor takes us up until like you're getting to the point where baby's being delivered. I think what's really important to know is that the onset of labor or the first phase of labor, which we call early labor, can start before you really have like regular contractions. So I think movies and stuff make it seem like labor happens when you start having regular contractions and then you're and your water breaks and you're like rushing to the hospital. But you can be in early labor for a couple days before that starts. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But basically, we could break labor down into sort of three stages. So early labor, active labor, and then transition. And then after transition would move into delivery or pushing. Yeah. And just touching on like the whole like water breaking scenario that yeah, we oftentimes see in the movies. It's not necessarily like that. Like you can have a slow leak, like where your water is breaking kind of like gradually, or you can have like the big gush water breaking and that's the amniotic sac rupturing. So yeah, like it's not the case for everyone that, that it happens that way. Also your mucus plug, when you kind of lose your mucus plug, that's another thing that helps kind of prevent any bacteria from coming into the womb. So that's something that is, you know, signs that labor is progressing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go into labor the next day. But it's just one of those things that, you know, it's kind of an indication that things are are rolling. Exactly. So we'll get down into the more specifics kind of of like the phases of labor and onset of labor, but and then pushing. So delivery is the stage of childbirth where you're actively participating and trying to push the baby down the birth canal, basically. So that stage is happening when you're getting full dilation, typically, so 10 centimeters of cervical dilation and normally 100% effacement, which means your cervix is 100% thinned out and you feel that urge to push. So the pushing stage, I think, is like the very feared stage between the two, but it's, you know, typically much shorter than the labor stage itself. So understanding that those two things are different. I actually had a patient say to me once, so I, I worked with her in the summer for her second delivery. So she had lived in a different country at the time of her first delivery, had done pelvic physio, but she had cu- quite a tough delivery. And so she came to see me like in her pregnancy the second time. We spent a lot of time 
practicing pushing, practicing breathing techniques. And she said when she came back, when she really wanted an unmedicated birth, and when she came back after her birth, which went amazing. So that was a huge win. She said the biggest difference this time around was that she realized that while she was laboring, she wasn't supposed to be pushing. So in her first delivery, what was happening was every time she had a contraction, she thought she was supposed to push while she was still dilating. So she was almost like fighting against her body and making herself more tired. And she was like, you know, maybe this is like something that's like sounds really dumb and is so simple to some people. But this is why it's so important to understand the difference because birth kind of does get glamorized in TV and stuff. And if you've never been through it and no one ever tells you, like, how would you know any different that during labor, you're not actually pushing when you're having contractions, right? Like, I think a lot of people see in movies like contraction equals push. But when you're having contractions during labor, the goal is totally different than when you're having contractions during delivery. It's important to like understand that those two things are very different. Yeah. And some of the things that you should be doing during labor, it's almost like that prep work that your body's doing and that you're doing with your body to actually get prepared for the stages of like transition and then into pushing. So that's kind of how I describe it to my patients. It's like you're doing kind of all the preparation beforehand so that you're making your birthing experience and the actual push phase easier or just a little bit more cohesive. So you're going into labor and you're trying to maintain calm. So you don't want to get too high, too anxious and trying to really keep those emotions in check because when things start to, you're getting the signs of of labor and like things are starting to progress that's when your anxiety level starts to increase. And so, you know, you you get excited and you, you're getting a little bit more anxious for it. So really trying to use your breath work to kind of keep everything in check and almost like distracting yourself so that you're not thinking about that, the pushing and actually delivering is going to be key because you do not want your nervous system to go haywire because that will affect you physiologically. It'll affect your pelvic floor. And so that's kind of what I try to preach in that like, you know, the early stages of labor. And I also talked to the partner about that too. Like make sure that your birthing partner is steady. Like you do not want to kind of induce any type of like anxiety or anything like that. You want to keep her in check. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. That's so important. Okay. So let's like walk through sort of the process of each sort of stage of labor and then into pushing as kind of like what people should expect. So if we start off with labor in the early phase, that would be sort of the first thing you would experience. What would be the characteristics you would say of the early phase of labor? The early phase, again, like you are kind of in that heightened state, like you know things are shifting in your body. You might be feeling a lot more pressure into your pelvis. Mm-hmm. You might have lost your mucus plug at this point. You may also notice too that you're going to the bathroom a lot more frequently. So your body is just naturally emptying out your bowels. You might be going pee more. You might be noticing like those, the contractions that are just like irregular. Mm-hmm. So they're not as long. They're not lasting as long, but they're also not happening as frequently. And we talk about that like, the 411 rule or the 511 rule. So basically that's a contraction lasting for one minute is five minutes apart for the duration of an hour. So that is normally when it's like, okay, you don't have to get to the hospital immediately, but you should think about getting to the hospital soon. Yeah. So- Depending on your care provider, your care provider will give you specific instructions. Yeah. But that regularity is not happening in the early phase of labor typically. No. 
So it's kind of like the early phase, you're just kind of feeling those contractions, but they're just very irregular and and infrequent. Yeah. And then in that phase, you might also not be dilated or you might be like one centimeter dilated. It's kind of like the prep phase, like your body's starting to get ready. And then I would say that early labor is going to progress. So you're still in the phase of early labor, but contractions will start to become a little more regular. Um, And that's how you kind of know you're going into labor where then you're going to have to start timing contractions and things like that. But again, your water might still not have broken. So you might start getting regularity of contractions without water breaking, but your body's kind of starting to feel like it's going towards sort of the progression into active labor. Your cervix is hopefully starting to dilate, starting to get a little bit of effacement. Baby is kind of descending into the birth canal. And so in the early phase of labor, I think that lasts up until like five centimeters. Yeah, Yeah, six centimeters. Six centimeters. Yeah. So then once you're kind of like five, six centimeters dilated, that would be when you sort of transition into active labor. So characteristics of active labor, what would you say? So shit is getting real. So these are a little bit more intense. (laughs) Shit is getting real. (laughs) It's go time. It's go time. So your the cervix is dilated a little bit more you're a little bit more effaced. So meaning that there's that thinning of the cervix as well. And the baby is pushing down on that cervix. So you are going to be feeling a lot more in terms of the contractions. And this is usually the time where your partner should be kind of like definitely doing all the things in their toolbox to like help you feel more comfortable. So doing like the different compression techniques on the hips and the, and the sacral compressions and just things to kind of help you get by and get around those contractions because they are quite intense. They're happening quite frequently. And sometimes they're just like on top of each other and you just have to like breathe through it, make sure that you're focused and kind of communicating with your partner, like what support you might need. Or, you know, if there's, you know, if you have to turn into yourself and just be like, okay, just leave me alone for a second. That's okay too. That might happen at this stage as well. But yeah, definitely it's your body's progressing and things are starting to move forward. Yeah. And like you said, things are kind of getting real. So if you are planning, say, for example, for a hospital birth in early labor, you'll probably mostly be at home. And then maybe you get to the hospital kind of towards the end ish of early labor. But then active labor, ideally, you're like laboring in a room like you're, you know, the team starting to kind of like they're regularly monitoring you. You might be if you're getting an epidural, considering an epidural at that stage. You know, you kind of know that things are sort of progressing in that direction. Which is good because we need labor to continue to progress to get to the stage of pushing. Like we need baby to continue pushing down on that cervix because that's what it's encouraging the cervix to efface and dilate. Yeah. And so when you do get to the hospital, you actually might notice that you might stall in your labor. And so I always recommend kind of, you know, as soon as you get settled into your room, just like dim the lights, try to get on the toilet as well, because that can help kind of kickstart labor again, move, make sure that you're continuously moving, use a birth ball if needed, but you're trying to get your nervous system into more of like a regulatory state. So you're really using like your breathing techniques, you're relying on support from your partner, all of that's going to help kind of kickstart that labor process again. Yeah. And don't panic. Like if labor stalls, that's normal, but make sure you're using those tools in your toolkit to help get yourself kind of back on track and into progressing with labor. So active labor, again, starting around kind of like six centimeters, 
you're moving through that phase, potentially, you know, using some of those labor management skills, potentially getting an epidural, potentially going to the hospital. And then we get to what is my favorite phase of labor, which is the transition phase. And this is probably because I've never labored. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't think anyone after. who labors, yeah, I don't think anyone who labors says transition's their favorite, but I just think it's a really cool phase. So transition is basically where you're getting kind of like that eight, nine centimeter, like getting to the place basically where you're almost ready to push. And transition is the hardest phase of labor because you have normally been laboring for a length of time. And this is the phase where most people kind of hit that mental wall where they feel like they want to give up. And this is where you need the most encouragement from your partner. But it's also how you know you're almost there. Like when you're feeling that sense of like, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. That is like you are so close to meeting your baby, which is why I think it's kind of a cool phase. It's almost like you need a bit of like reverse psychology in that moment. So that's kind of like the last stage before pushing. Yeah. And it's the shortest phase as well. So like it is the toughest, but it is definitely short, even though it might feel like forever when you're going through it. But at that point, like you need a lot more, almost like grounding pressures from your partner. So like just kind of encouragement, but like just that, like, yes, you can do it kind of thing. So I think that that's uh, really important to note too, during that transition phase, it is no joke for sure. No, absolutely not. And then we kind of move away from what we're sort of like for technique purposes, calling labor and into more delivery. So technically, like we said at the beginning, medically, labor doesn't end until the placenta is delivered. But when we're thinking about like breaking down the phases of labor and delivery so that you can kind of keep track of where you are in terms of what tools you need to use after transition and once you've gotten to 10 centimeters dilated labor's done and then we're moving into what we say is delivery so actually pushing the baby down and out so hopefully this phase is short because you have used some different skills to make your pushing more effective so what would you say Nadia would be some important things to consider in the pushing phase yeah so the pushing phase definitely making sure that you're breathing when you're pushing. I think most people are coached to hold your breath, bear down, like you're having a poop. And those are some of the things that you might actually have to do in case of an emergency or if you have to get the baby out quickly. But as pelvic floor physiotherapists, we do not teach that way. So we teach as you are pushing, you are actually exhaling and you're using visual techniques to kind of help you connect to that area as well. If you have an epidural, of course, it's a little bit different. Like you're going to be more coached in how to push. So you might need a mirror to to take a look. And if that makes you squirmish and you just are going to go based off of how you're being coached, that's totally fine too. You can still use the visual techniques to kind of like help have an idea of like where to push. That's I think the important piece. And then there's also the good old ring of fire, so Mm -hmm. like the crowning stage. And this is normally when, you know, baby's head is right into the outer parts of the vaginal tissue. And so that tissue is stretching around the baby's head. And so you normally feel that like that fire or that burning in your vagina. And so that can also be if you don't have an epidural, it can be quite a lot, right? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of discomfort. And so during that stage, you definitely don't want to be like pushing 
really hard to get the baby's head out, even though you want to, because you just want it to be over and done with. But there's something called the fetal ejection. And if you push too hard, that baby's head's going to shoot out. And that's going to cause more of a risk of like tearing and things like that. So there's more trauma to the pelvic floor if you do it that way. So we really encourage just kind of like slowing things down a little bit so that the vaginal tissue is actually accommodating for the baby's head coming out, which is really important. Yeah. And we'll get into like all the specifics of pushing in another episode, but basically like Nadia is saying, you want to just keep in mind that. So for the pushing phase, when you first start pushing, baby is higher up in the birth canal. So their head is not necessarily like right at that vaginal opening. And then as you push and baby descends, you get to crowning and you need to change your push between when you're pushing when baby's higher and when you're pushing during crowning to give that tissue time to elongate and stretch around the baby's head. And then once the head and shoulders are cleared, the baby should come out relatively easily, hopefully, because the head and shoulders are (laughs) the biggest part. And then once baby is through, then afterwards you still have to deliver your placenta. So normally people are relatively distracted for this because baby's on their chest and all that kind of stuff. But they tend to give you like, I would say like 10, 15 minutes, maybe half an hour. And then, but your uterus is still contracting because the placenta has to detach from the uterine wall. And then the placenta will be delivered, hopefully fully intact. We need all that placenta tissue to come out properly so that there's no retained tissue in the uterus. And then once the placenta has been delivered, you're done. Yeah. (laughs) And that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah. Easy, right? No problem. (laughs) So that's kind of the difference between labor and delivery. Hopefully that makes sense to everyone. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I feel like that's actually really good just general, quick, easy way of kind of the different steps of labor and then the difference between labor and pushing. So no, we know that. And this is how for people who are curious or who want more information, we will do more episodes about more specific things in labor and pushing. But this is how we've broken it down in our book and in our course is that we talk all about labor in one week and then we talk all about pushing in a separate week because there's just so much information to know for each of those different stages that can help you navigate across that 12 to 24, 48 hour journey, depending on how long your labor is or your whole labor and delivery. And there's lots of things you can do at each stage to make things easier. So if you are like, I need this information ASAP, you can find some of the resources in the show notes. You can get a copy of our book down below, or you can stay tuned for future episodes where we will kind of break that down specifically. And if there is certain topics that you would like to see us talk about, like pushing or pushing positions or different research about things like pushing positions or how to break down the stages of labor and what to do at each stage and all that kind of stuff, then send us an email down below or you can find us on Instagram and send us a DM so that we know exactly what you guys want to learn. All right. So thank you everyone for tuning in today's episode. Until next time, guys, take care. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Birthwell podcast. We hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and empowered on your journey through pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us, and it helps us reach more women who are on their own journey through motherhood. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at birthwell.inc, and we'll see you at the next one.